Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? Come on in. We're going to have some fun, a different kind of an episode today. We have the drum lady, Dory Staley, is here with us, and my husband, Brian, is co-hosting with me. So this is the first time we have interviewed somebody together. He has been a guest on the show more than once, so you go back and listen to those episodes. They're from last year to get to know Brian a little bit more, his story. But if you didn't already know this about Brian, is that he is a professional drummer. We've got two full drum kits and then a traveling kit behind the microphone and the cameras here. And we have a couple of djembies and a tongue drum. Anyway, I thought it'd be fun to have him on the show because he's a drummer and, you know, to help me interview Dory today. So... So let me give you a little bit of her bio here. Dory Staley lives in Raleigh, North Carolina area and is a certified drum therapist, toka percussion artist, author, speaker, ADHD specialist, and owner of Next Stage Drumming. Dory offers a unique blend of music, mentoring, motivation and ministry she specializes in kids and adults with adhd and special needs and stressed out entrepreneurs so i hope you enjoy this episode this is going to be a little bit different than what you expect which she's going to get into right at the beginning as to what drum therapy is not so Come on in and listen to my conversation with Dory Staley and Brian. All right, please welcome Dory Staley to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Diana. A little drum Thanks. Roll for you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I'm really excited to have a certified drum therapist today. Never had one on the show, and my husband's a drummer, as you already know that, and uh, so this is going to be super fun, and so maybe um, just give the folks a brief synopsis of, of who you are and what you do. Sure, yeah, I have uh, been drumming for fun for years, not realizing that there were health and wellness benefits to it. I didn't even know there was a field called drum therapy because it's relatively new. A lot of people have heard of music therapy but not drum therapy. And so I tell them the difference is drum therapy is interactive and it's specific beats and rhythms, usually only on hand drums, but sometimes on drum pads and drumsticks. You could add uh, you know, shakers and tambourine to the mix, but that's usually just for a fun event. For the purposes of drum therapy, it's 
an interactive experience where I am drumming with the individual or group and I've customized the session to meet their needs, whatever it is that they need help with. I always say, what's going on with you today? I've got a beat for that. And I will create, create specific things for say folks, focusing, stress relief, memory for the seniors, you know, whatever they need. And we always close out with a rock and tune. So my program is completely different than anything else out there because it's my own little twist. Drum wow. therapy with a rock twist. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> it sounds super fun. I'm from a conservative Baptist background and drums were like, you know, from the devil and all this kind of sort of thing. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> ironic. I married a drummer, isn't it? <laughs> so touche, right? You know, there we go. I was so surprised because I started playing percussion in a very contemporary church. You know, stage lights, stage, a full band and the whole bit. And once I acquired, you know, a lot of these drums, djembes, some of the churches that I was approaching to do programs for their special needs population or, you know, their women's groups, I had spoken at some of these churches before. So apparently I can come in as a speaker, but no, 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 you can't bring those drums. Those look African, you know, it might be voodoo or something. <laughs> so I would always ask them, have you not read Psalm 150? That's the mm -hmm. Psalm as we call it. Make a joyful noise to the Lord and notice how loud crashing cymbals are mentioned not once, but twice. Yeah. So obviously, uh, I think the celebration in heaven is going to be very, very um, lively, and it's okay to have lively worship or, or a lively uh, type of instrument as long as you're coming from a good place and you're connected to God and the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, anyway. Hey, That's yeah. right. And we've got my husband, Brian, coming on to join us today. Good deal. Hey, Brian, how are you? Fellow drummer. Hello there. Hey, welcome <laughs> to my drum room. This is just a small sampling of my gear. I have a lot more downstairs. <laughs> I got some of that. I got my uh, acoustic kit all uh, cased up, but I have my Roland V drums uh, set up permanently in the studio. Good, good, good. Yeah, I only have like way in the back there, those green conga drums. I, the bongos are at church with another conga so yeah i have just a piecemeal effect here just some things that i can use for practicing because i am in a in a church band and we come up with different tunes and i might need different things so so this is mostly my gear <laughs> what i yeah. bring out for the classes in advance is, is a bit different brian's going to be here for comic relief today all right cool cool i, I, you know, I can throw in a few rim shots for you Hey, we'll be here all week. Thank you so much. And don't forget to tip your weight staff and hey, try the veal. <laughs> Tune in at 11. That's right. <laughs> I know what people think when they hear the word drums. I've made a habit of asking people because I can tell from their eyes that, you know, you do what? And I just say, where did your mind go when I said drums? And they nine times out of 10, they think it's a drum lesson using a drum set or a drum kit, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And I just say, nope. Or they might think it's a drum circle. Nope. <laughs> so I tell them it's something completely different. The difference between a drum lesson and drum therapy is for a drum lesson, you are learning specific 
beats that match the song that you're trying to play along to. You're trying to learn how to play drums so you can play a song. Generally speaking, when I used to teach exactly. drum lessons, my students learned songs right away. Yeah, they learned the basic uh, drumming rudiments and things, but it was not for therapeutic purposes, although it could be because it's lots of fun and who wouldn't want to whack on a drum? But it's not the same. I do not use a drum set for drum therapy. I will use, again, either a djembe, you know, I will have one and this, the client will have one. I work with kids and adults. If they're virtual, they get a drum ship to their house if they're in the U.S. because I have a special deal with toka percussion, so I can do that. And That's they cool. drum along with me for their session, whether it's a half an hour for kids or 45 minutes to an hour for teens and adults. And we just do, you know, calming beats and rhythms. We do some deep breathing. I might do some different hand movements to get them to sync up the left and right hemispheres of their brain so they can focus better. So yeah, there's a lot of brain science behind this and it's a full body and brain workout. So you do burn some calories, 270 <laughs> calories for a half an hour of drumming. If you're drumming, you know, and you're, you're you're not just sitting there going tap, tap, tap. That doesn't count. Right. <laughs> you're moving and well, grooving, activating stuff. I'm a prog rock drummer, so uh, I'm very familiar with aggressiveness on a kit. <laughs> well, every once in a while on Instagram, usually on Fridays, I'll do hashtag fun Friday. And I'll just noodle around on the drum kit and try to do some really fast drumming just so they can see that I might be a grandma, but... Um, I still know how to rock. How long have you been playing? It's funny. I was a late bloomer. I did not play as a kid and I never had lessons. So I play by ear. I can read music, but I choose not to. I'm the same way. Sun, like right on my face here. And so uh, I just decided at the ripe old age of 47 to audition for a church band because uh, they were looking for people on percussion and lots of other instruments. So I just checked the box in the program. Want to join the band? I checked, yes. <laughs> My husband and son said, you did what now? I said, I signed up to audition. And they said, but you don't know how to play. And I told them, well, they don't know that. Let's see what happens. I've had the rhythm in me since I was a little girl and I always wanted to play drums. So I've had dance lessons, jazz and tap. I figured if the beats can come out of my feet, hopefully they'll come out on my hands at the right time. So there you go. So Why not, go. right? I passed the audition, by the way. And I <laughs> That's that really cool. Years, so. <laughs> yeah, I started uh, basically in fourth grade when they used to hand out all the instruments in the classroom, song flute and things like that. And I always pick the percussion stuff. And then uh, junior high, I started playing in the jazz band. And then uh, my freshman, sophomore, and part of my junior year, I played in the jazz band. Oh. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to learn quite a bit. And I did play by ear. I, uh, I shocked my uh, the music instructor. So it was kind of fun. But uh, Chuck Mangione and Madera Park was a song that I, I learned listening to it through headphones. And I copied it. And when I showed up to jazz band practice and we played it, yeah, he appreciated that I actually learned it the way it was actually played. So, oh, I love Chuck Mangione. Well, I didn't have an option when I went to school when they were talking, handing out the, the sheet of paper to sign up for the music classes or whatever. They didn't have guitar or drums. And I just said, if I can't play either, then I'm not playing flute or clarinet. I'm sorry. So I just. <laughs> So I kind of noodled around on my own. 
My dad, unbeknownst to me, was a jazz musician when he met my mom. I was the youngest of three girls and, and my older sisters, you know, the big gap. I was definitely an oops baby. There you go. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I didn't know because by the time I came along, he was doing advertising in New York City. So he wasn't doing music at all, but I wanted to know, but, you know, why do you have all these instruments? And then I learned that he used to play in bands, big bands, and he used to play weddings and things like that. He had a, a conga drum and a set of bongos. So when he was at work at his day job, I'd be noodling around. <laughs> I figured somebody might as well play them because otherwise they just sit there and collect dust. So why not? Yeah, unfortunately, my stuff is... Even though a lot, most of it's cased up and covered, my uh, I got a little dust buildup. I haven't been able to play at all, uh, based on with physical uh, limits. Gotcha. Yeah, um, it was interesting my childhood because my dad uh, turned wound up being a single parent. So when I was four years old, um, I realized something was definitely wrong in my family. And since I know what your show is about, we're going to go there a little bit and. I, I always say that my family put the fun in dysfunction. There we go. <laughs> because um, they just didn't have very good coping skills. And I really don't know to this day what happened and what the, what the decline was all about. But my mom definitely started slipping um, into the abyss there. And she was drinking a lot and going mm -hmm. out and leaving me home as a baby and a toddler to fend for myself. And she would just go to the local bars and all. And then she would you know, come back and wasn't in very good shape to take care of me. So um, I saw a lot as a kid that I, I wish I hadn't. Uh, there was a lot of abuse and a lot of uh, emotional and physical for my one sister. And it just was something where as a kid, you don't, you don't know what to do with that. But I did have the arts and it was both music and drawing and dance that literally saved me. And that was just my release. It was my escape. I knew that when I went to dance classes or, you know, I stayed after school sometimes as I got older in junior high and uh, the art teacher would sit with me and we, and we would paint together or crochet or whatever. And I think she kind of figured out why I didn't want to go home. But uh, music really helped me express myself. So mm. when a lot of parents ask me, about you know drumming and they, they're talking about lessons i said no actually it's a great release if you have a child who can't focus <laughs> i always joke that add stands for a delightful dreamer in my book and oh, adhd yeah. is a definitely hyper drummer there we go <laughs> and i'm both so you know it takes one to know one and i also tell them it's a great way to release uh, any pent-up anger or emotions that the kids don't know how to express or mm -hmm. the adults I have worked with many women, especially female entrepreneurs, that I told them that it does help get you unstuck. So if you have any static in the attic, as I call it, and you can't focus worth beans and you can't seem to be moving your business forward, try some drumming because it really helps uh, activate those neurons and it works really quickly. And so uh, some were intrigued and they wanted to try it. And as we were drumming, I could tell by the way, that I can always tell a lot about a person by the way they drum. So mm. one of the exercises that I might do is I might say, tell me how you're feeling today. What would your drum beat sound like? Don't overthink it. 
don't give me shaving a haircut two bits. <laughs> that means you were thinking about it. Don't think, just drum and it will come out. And it's it's like 100% accurate. Every time they, they'll do a beat I'll, and I will interpret it. And I will say, it sounds like, you know, you were tooling along fine and then something happened or I can sense a lack of confidence. You know, since your, your audience members are Christian, I can go there because most people wouldn't believe it. But the Holy Spirit guides me because I ask, you know, mm -hmm. for help when I'm drawing with somebody. Please help me know what types of techniques to use. And sometimes I get very different instructions that I would not have thought of. But many times uh, it has been revealed that these women went through something when they were little and they're still holding on to that trauma. And it's messing up their thought process and it's even manifesting itself inside their bodies in the form of physical pain in some cases yeah. so we drum it out yeah i've always told people the reason i play drums is because i get to kick the crap out of something and not go to jail for it <laughs> <laughs> i've told kids that that you can you can hit your drum as hard as you want you might hurt your hands but you won't hurt the drums and it's way better than punching your brother or sister you won't right. get in trouble <laughs> or punching a wall that would hurt and you know classic rock was 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 the thing and i just loved a lot of the music and the drumming and ginger baker with cream and i loved um well gloria estefan wasn't around quite yet but sheila Eshore was oh yeah wow you know that to me that was so cool there weren't very many female drummers when i was little there actually there were none so I wanted to be the first female drummer, not knowing that there was somebody in the 40s way back when who kind of paved the way. And then, of course, Karen Carpenter came onto the scene uh, much mm -hmm. later. So I missed the window on that one. Can <laughs> relate to the uh, classic rock? That's pretty much how I learned to play. I... It's interesting because I thought it's that the musical genes skipped a generation because our kids, when they came, by the time they came along, uh, they turned out to be very musical. Our daughter, ever since she was a baby, she would gravitate to pianos. She would find them, whether it was in a shopping mall or whatever, and she'd hoist her little toddler body up to the, the bench and she'd start, you know, tinkering away. And people would walk by and go, how old is she? And she's two. But she's really playing. Most kids bang on the keys. It sounds like she's playing a song as she had lessons. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, everybody can do that. Just like with my drumming, when I play by ear, they say, how do you know what to play and when to jump in if you've never played with that band before and you didn't even rehearse with them? Instincts, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so it turns out our daughter had perfect pitch and uh, piano and guitar taught her. She had some lessons and things like that, but she was added a lot in herself. And her son was the drummer. So I am now sitting in what was once his bedroom and where my drum kit is, is where his used to be. So what goes around comes around. <laughs> but yeah, cool. I just didn't think of it for myself. I didn't start playing the drum kit until age 59, just a few years ago. I'm 63 now. So there wow. you go, people. You're never too old and it's never too late to rock what you've got. That's so, right. If you always wanted to learn an instrument, even if you just do it for fun, just do it. Give it a try. You'll never know till you give it a shot. And hand drums like this, 
it's one surface. If you can count, you can drum. You don't have to worry about pedals or cymbals or anything else. You just tap out easy beats and rhythms on a djembe drum and you're good to go. And even though it looks like an African drum, I do not do African drum. It's just not my thing. <laughs> I'm a rock chick, so take what you want. I mean, drums are very spiritual. I'm finding out. Let's talk about some spiritual stuff since you know, you're definitely a Christian lady. How did you come to know the Lord? I was a late bloomer there too. Um, when I was little, though, uh, we, you know, everything was falling apart in my family, and so I had the arts, but I also found Jesus. And the only way I did that, though, because nobody told me about it, my family did not go to church. Uh, we were Italian Catholics, and what happens in the Catholic Church is if your parents get divorced or split up, you, my parents got excommunicated. Mm -hmm. So they, they couldn't attend. My two older sisters managed to get kicked out of Catholic school. Woo-hoo. <laughs> trouble. So I actually, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's true. I walked by myself as a little girl, 13 blocks uphill to St. Brendan's Catholic Church because I wanted to find God. Mm. I wanted to know where is he and why is he letting this happen? And how could you let me grow up in a family like this? Mm. so I wanted answers we didn't have a bible at home I didn't know anything about any bible stories at all but when I went to church I'd sit by myself and I would look at all the beautiful stained glass windows mm. and I'm watching and I couldn't understand this the mass because it was in latin and they got the incense going I'm going oh my gosh <laughs> but I was looking at all the, the depictions and I realized oh these windows tell stories and that's how I understood who is this guy called Jesus? Because, you know, the Catholic Church emphasized a whole lot on Mary, but mm -hmm. I didn't know anything really about who Jesus was. And I started going to a priest and asking him questions and things. And then uh, my dad remarried and we moved to Rockland County, New York in the boonies. Uh, there were no sidewalks. I mean, Tompkins Cove, New York, it's really, it was at, the point, at that time, very, very booneyville. But I found a church. And again, I, my, I asked my dad, can you just drop me off? You don't have to come with me. Just drop me off. I was still searching. So I was looking for answers. And this is so cute. I met some little kids there. They put me in the little kids class. <laughs> I was a teenager and they didn't really have classes for teens. But these little, uh, you know, middle school and elementary school kids, they said, you don't know where the books of the Bible are, do you? I said, no, I don't. And they said, we'll help you. So here are these little kids, and they were actually, it's so cute, showing me, you know, this Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Quick, turn the page. And I was just, you know, trying to keep up, but I was fascinated. And I really uh, came to know that, oh, well, so even though my childhood was awful and my parents weren't the best, um, I came to realize that you can't let that determine, uh, you know, what your future is, because only, you know, Jesus can hold you. Jesus can comfort you. Even though my, I didn't have parents to do that. Uh, it was a little bit of a, a tough sell at first. Cause I'm like, yeah, right. Cause it just seemed too easy. Right. <laughs> you know, really, this is how this works. So don't I have to. And then I, I discovered, you know, just different contemporary churches and, and found out more and did a lot of Bible studies and things like that. And, and then I realized that I've been hearing from God since I was a little girl, but didn't know it. 
I kept hearing things and I thought, oh, this has got to be from the devil because I didn't know anybody else that knew stuff about people. I kept getting these messages and I kept getting dreams and visions and I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Nobody explained this to me. And so I was so freaked out. I kind of wished it away until my accident in 2011. And that's when I asked for everything back. Wow. Yeah, you had this terrible accident. You got hit with a bicycle? I was standing in a crowd of 200 people at a work event. I took a day job during the recession. (laughs) The girls got to do what a girl's got to do. I kept my entertainment business and I had a tutoring and consulting business. And I did that, those two on the side, mostly on weekends. You can do SAT prep on the weekends. And all my concerts were on the weekends. So I'm working in sales and marketing. We're doing this weekend event. We're outdoors. We're having drinks and snacks. We're entertaining clients and their families. The next thing I know, I hear Dory look out and it was my coworker. And I looked and there's this kid flying through the crowd on a 10 speed, not a Harley, not driving through with a forklift or a car. (laughs) I got run over by a speeding bicyclist. (laughs) What are the odds of that? I was the only one hit. But at the time, you know, you don't know what's going on. I was just trying to prevent the fall. So as a former runner and dancer, I was in really good shape and I knew how to fall because I used to run in like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, where they had a lot of ice. And so if you start slipping, you know, tuck and roll, because if you tuck, you won't hit your head on the pavement. Right. So I'm going down and I'm going, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the bricks. So I'm getting ready to tuck and I feel pop, pop, pop. And I think, oh, that's not going to be good. My head never hit the ground, but somehow I still discovered much, much later that the accident caused a concussion, tears in several different body parts, and it triggered a rare disease called Tarlov cyst disease. There were cysts all over my spine and my back. And um, I did not know that's where the extreme pain was coming from. I kept, you know, trying to put two and two together and nothing nothing made sense. I was losing uh, my memory. I couldn't think of words for things. It was always nouns. Like I couldn't think of a word for chair. And my husband was like, uh, I'm like, you know, Mark, the the things that you sit down on, what's that called again? He's like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. a chair? Yeah. Um, I couldn't, I kept mixing up words. Like I would say music for brain and things like that. And I was doing guest speaking and and doing all these educational classes. As a speaker, you can't mess up words for things. The kids would sometimes catch me and I would just say, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. But nobody knew that I was in excruciating pain. I, I just, you know, fake it till you make it, the musician's credo. I just wow. was all taped up. I had icy hot patches all under my clothes. And I just kept on trucking, just thinking, well, sooner or later, this is going to go away and we'll figure this out. But it really didn't. I did quit my job after three months because of the pain and the fact that I was traveling up and down the East Coast. It was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. I had a company car. I had an expense account. I had the company phone and a laptop and all this. It's really good when you can eat out in somebody else's dime, let me tell you. You got it. (laughs) But, you know, I was doing a lot of, you know, standing and doing presentations at conferences and events, heavy boxes, like 50-pound boxes. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. 
I just thought, well, I'll just be going and I will just do my two businesses uh, and I'll grow them. Not knowing that the recession still wasn't over yet and people weren't ready to come back and do concerts and things. And um, the tutoring was also not going very well. So I thought, well, I'll just kind of chill out for a couple of weeks. I'll be fine in a couple of weeks. But it got worse and worse. And it mm. was actually three long years of pain and nothing worked. Uh, physical therapy made it worse. Chiropractic made it better, but to a point. And right. that's when the chiropractor said, you have reached MMI. I'm like, what is that? Maximum medical improvement. We can't get yeah. you any further. This is just the way it is. You, you, know, you probably won't get much better than this. So you, you just have to kind of live with it. And I said, I'm not accepting that. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. You know, at the time I wasn't all that old. Come on, I'm in my 50s. So I thought that, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. And then when the shooting pain kept getting worse, I, I asked for an MRI. And the insurance company, mind you, I haven't worked for the, the company I left, but they were still paying for my medical and all, which was good. And they said, what do you think you're going to find? I said, I don't know. But there's a missing piece to the puzzle. I had spent like close to 20 years discovering the underlying causes of ADHD. I love solving puzzles. And if I could figure out all those different things I needed to know, I said, I just need to know what are we missing? Something is pushing against my tailbone and it's causing numbness. I mean, I'm driving and I'm going numb. <laughs> this is not good. I have right. a at the time. This is not good. And, and I couldn't walk without pain and all that. They didn't believe me, though. If you get injured at work, folks, no one's your friend. I did not know this. And they're mm -hmm. going to do their best they can to prove that it's either a pre-existing condition or it's all in your head because they don't want to pay for any more insurance yeah. or doctor's visits. So the MRI results come back. The, the, te the, the technician gives me the, the, the handouts and all. And I'm reading, wait, 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 let me see. what's this? Tarlov cyst. He goes, I don't know. I just take the slides. You have to ask your doctor. I said, oh, you don't understand. I can't go to my doctor. I'm going to their doctor. This is not going to be good. They're going to tell me that I had this all along, which is what they did. And so I said, you know what? <laughs> That's okay. Cause I'm going to take care of this myself. And I went home and I had a very interesting conversation with God. And you know what, when, when all hope seems lost, because at that point, you know, when I'm getting this diagnosis and it says that it's, I, you know, I looked it up online, never look up your symptoms online, people. It's not good. <laughs> and I'm finding out that it's a rare neurological degenerative disorder, which means I was going to get worse and worse and worse. There is no cure. There's only two surgeons in the U.S. that even know what this is and that surgery would cost 80 grand. And according to everybody else online, the cysts have a tendency to grow back. So I thought, God, this is not what I bargained for. And I got really angry. So I was arguing with God and just saying, look, you know, this is what I get. This is what I get after decades of helping kids in all of my different businesses. What the heck? I mean, come on here. You've got to give me a way to heal myself and heal others because I can't go along. I can't go on this way. I actually had planned my exit. I was ready and um, really close. And I said, if you, if you want me to stay, you've got to show me what to do. And in a very still, soft voice, like the Holy Spirit always appears, I heard, open your eyes. I already did. 
use the drum story. I went, what? On me? I never thought of that. I have been wow. trying with people for years and just, you know, doing fun events and people would tell me things like, I came to this event with a headache or shoulder pain and now it's gone. I'm thinking you came to a drumming event with a headache? What were you thinking there? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it because I thought anybody can do this. There's science behind this, folks. There's science in the sound waves. There's loads of research that proves that drumming helps with different conditions. It even boosts T-cell production in cancer patients. We're not saying that we can cure all of this. We just say that it helps. So all these people all along were telling me things, but I didn't really believe it. So I thought, what do I have to lose, right? right. I'll try it. So I took a djembe drum and I drummed literally for my life because I was really, really angry. And so when I was drumming, I was also hitting the drums really hard and crying and just saying the cysts are going to well away so i was doing positive affirmations and visualizing complete healing because to me there was no going back so instead of giving up i reached up and i just said all right let's give it a shot It's all about that bass, people. The bass <laughs> is a, the best vibrations. And then I used, um, this is a buffalo drum. It's not authentic. None of my drums really are, but um, it, it does sound very similar to a Native American buffalo drum. I don't know if you can hear this on the screen. Yeah. It's really That's cool. The room and what i would do is i put it over like the shoulder because i had a tear there my knee and my ankle i was scheduled for three surgeries by the way and they were going to shoot injections in my spine which i thought if you miss i'm in trouble right and then i took it behind my back and dropped it a little bit lower because you know tailbone i did this for two weeks every day just 15 minutes to a half an hour two weeks i was completely healed wow no pain, no brain fog, no static in the attic because it was causing massive ADHD issues, um, no range of motion issues, no numbness, no balance issues, nothing. It was all gone. And so I thought, wow. And I actually tested it out, like doing an arabesque in my office. I'm like, I'm not falling over. I always fall over. You know, they always test my balance in the doctor's office. I thought, wow. And that night I had a dream. And I was walking along a riverbank and there was a man in front of me. I'm just kind of following him. We were walking along and I love the sound of rushing water. Whenever I need to focus, I have to go find water. And sometimes I'll drum near it. Wasn't drumming in the dream. I was just following along and just taking it all in the scenery. And then the man turned around and guess who it was? Jesus. Exactly. And he cupped my, fa my face in his hands and he said, everything is going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And that's when I knew that I really was healed. He wasn't kidding. And I've been fine since. And that was 2014. So you believe that was divine intervention? Oh, that definitely was because there were quite a few strange things that happened in the room during that two week period. I mean, 
you know, I just felt warmth. It felt like, you know, as visualizing like a beam of light coming down from heaven, but I could feel it go right through the top of my head, whoosh, right through my body. And I went, whoa. And it just felt like everything lined up. And um, just feeling that peace and that love and that presence, it's like, it's going to be okay. So that's when I accepted my divine assignment. Because I got another message. It was actually at an event when we were drumming and I heard, we can heal the world one drum beat at a time, Dory. I'm like, we. So it was, it's not me. Whatever I do and I tell people, whatever happens at an event or a private session, I cannot claim credit for this because I invite the Holy Spirit to work through me and to give me what I need so the person feels it and give me the right words to say so that we unlock things and break the chains that are holding them back so and and all i know is that my results it's like dory 2.0 because my results really boosted even when COVID hit and i was working with people virtually all over the u.s and i had a client in london and i thought huh because god said take it online once COVID hit i thought well now what we were moving and grooving fine and you know just getting the hang of this <laughs> And now COVID hit. And so take it online, he said. And I did. And all these people were coming out of the woodwork. And we were working together for my 12-week program. And I saw some amazing results in a short amount of time. Uh, Again, you know, I don't take credit for the fact that a a nonverbal autistic young man came to me and was speaking words after the third session. Oh, I didn't expect that. I've, I've heard that before. I knew some autistic kids that are extremely responsive to music yes. of any kind. Yeah. So as, as long as you're open, and I find that the people I've worked with who are extremely open and they're accepting to, to the fact that this is, yes, very, very different. It's definitely outside of most people's comfort zones, let's face it. But if you're open to the fact that if nothing else, you're going to melt off stress and you're going to have fun. You're going to feel joy. Those two are a given. So that I can guarantee. Anything else that happens is an extra bonus. I always tell people, I cannot guarantee that you will be miraculously healed like I was, because there's no question about it. What happened to me is nothing like any of the studies that are out there. Nobody's done this. One woman in the office, usually it's like a 10 week protocol over, you know, with a a large group of people drumming together for, again, 10 weeks for an hour a day or an hour and a half or whatever to notice like a, you know, a 35% improvement in whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen any studies of complete healing with one gal by herself. <laughs> so if people don't believe me, I just say, look, it's my story and I'm sticking with it. So you can believe me or not, it's up to you. But miracles do happen. I asked for one and I expected one and I didn't want to go back, especially because at that time, I heard a few words that changed everything. Our son said, you're going to be a grandma. Oh, that was grandbaby number one. So right when I was planning my exit, I thought I better stick around because I want to meet this kid. And I, you know, I want him to know that his grandma didn't give up and that she stuck around. And and now, and now there's three of them and they all have really good rhythm, but uh, they come over here, they play drums and stuff and they love uh, grandma's drum room. But you just don't know when when hope what seems like all hope is lost. I always tell people there's always hope. You don't give up because you don't know 
what's right around the corner. Your breakthrough could be right there. You could be this close and you don't know. So you've got to stick with it and have a whole lot of trust and faith. And sometimes you have to do something unusual that you might not have thought of. That you might even think sounds a little bit crazy, but if the Holy Spirit says, try this or go, you go. And that's that's what I did. You talked a little bit about the science a little earlier. Can you uh, elaborate a little more on that? Sure. Yeah, I, and I, did, I did ask the Holy Spirit. I said, no one's going to believe this. So I've got to be able to explain this from a scientific perspective for all of the skeptics out there. So I did a lot of my own research and some of the things were like, oh, you know, a little, the little divine inspiration there, frequencies. I went, oh, you're right. So I began looking up the frequencies of different drums. And I found out that, you know, again, the sound waves of what you hit makes a difference, but different frequencies can be used for different issues. For example, kids on the autism spectrum respond to you know, a different frequency than the young girl that I worked with with a seizure disorder. You know, one needed a lower frequency and one needed higher. So I needed to add, you know, symbols or whatever. And so uh, it's just a question of the vibrations, the hand mo motions that I, that I teach people. And also it's the repetitive nature of it. You're in the zone. You can't think of anything else while you're drumming. So people who say they have all these racing thoughts and they're stressed out, I just say, do three things. Take a breath, take a break, and tap out some beats, even if it's just on your legs or your desktop. If you keep a really steady beat of, you know, like the 20, uh, what was that show? 60 minutes, mm -hmm. the ticking clock. think of anything else when you're doing that because you're focusing on am I tapping out the beats you know and one two three four five six seven <laughs> some people might be counting you really can't or sometimes I'll do uh, complicated things for a reason I call them combo beats they're really known as polyrhythms because I want them to deliberately focus on a combination of beats because they definitely can't think of anything else and obsess about things because they're trying to do you know a couple of things You know, your hands are doing different things. You know, you're, you're trying to concentrate on that. And it really creates a, a real sense of, of calming. A lot of people say that it's both calming and energizing at the same time. And some of the teens that I've worked with said, Miss Story, that's how Ritalin and Adderall work. I'm like, really? I, we've got a natural alternative there. Hashtag drums, not drugs. You know, My yeah. prescription is percussion. I got a lot of cool hashtags. Have some fun, whack on a drum. You know, again, I'm not saying that you're going to be instantly cured of whatever ails you, but it does significantly reduce. It's been scientifically proven to lower your blood pressure, to, you know, lower your heart rate. It also helps you focus because, again, you know, a lot of people who can't focus tend to be right brain dominant. I have found with the people that I've worked with, hundreds of kids over like, you know, 20 years, I tested their brain dominance. They were all right-brained, but they were labeled ADHD, LD, learning disabled, 
ODD, oppositional divine disorder. We're all a little odd, you know, creatives. Um, but they're very, very creative and random, no concept of time. Very sensitive to a lot of different things. The problem was they couldn't focus because language and math are on the left side of their brain. And they're all, you know, having a party in their head on the right side, woo, you know. <laughs> and so I needed to get them to drum because it's, again, a full body experience. So they're activating both sides of their brain. Mm. They even put like electrodes on drummers' heads, like Mickey Hart, <laughs> Pink, Pink Floyd. And they found out that all of these different parts of the brain were firing while they were drumming. So my accident served a purpose number one i blocked the hit nobody else got hit including the two little girls to my right so i took one for the team mm -hmm. but if the accident didn't happen i never would have discovered the healing power of drumming because a lot of the stuff that i'm using with people now i experimented on myself first so if somebody was having a range of motion issue or numbness like, oh yeah i had that too this is what you can do we'll get your feet going I, you know, well i did like a drum lesson drum therapy hybrid pre-covid and i had a young man that he, he came and did a little bit on the djembe and a little bit on the drum kit wow it worked so fast it was amazing but also um you're you're waking up that left side of your brain so if you're having trouble with words or temporary aphasia if you've had a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, and also in some cases with PTSD and things like that, some parts of the brain um, are shut off. So when you're drumming, you wake them up. So, and it feels good. And if we, like I said, I teach them how to play an easy version of whatever song they want to close out with, as long as it's clean and it has a good beat, I'll go there. And, and they, they at least know, okay, look, I not only did some therapeutic things, I can play to my favorite song. So it's a win-win. But yeah, it really does help uh, your body and brain in many, many different ways. And it's used uh, in many different community centers, senior centers, hospitals, and, uh, you know, individually as well. What do you think, Brian? So would she... Very interesting. Yeah. I've, I've, I've always felt... Uh, you know, the, I know what the concept and, and, and how you feel it through your whole body, especially when you get in the zone with a band. Yeah. Um, you know, just you're, you're in rehearsing and you're playing something and everything just gels and you're floored because, you know, you can't believe how good it sounds. Um, yeah, you've got that entrainment, you know, with a group. And right. I always tell people that it's called entrainment. When I start a beat, sometimes people are all over the place and i'll just do something fun and say oh we're going to do a little bit of a jam you can follow my beat or you can create your own and invariably it starts out like a train wreck but gradually everybody's beats start to match you'll have like three different pockets where people will naturally gravitate to someone's beat and i said that's entrainment you're locking mm -hmm. in with someone else so it helps like even teams corporate teams communicate better if you show them that you can get on the same page and be on the same team and appreciate where each other is coming from because you're on the same beat. So a lot of analogies. But yeah, even the bass drum, everything uh, creates those vibrations. And with me, you know, the cysts, I think, were busted up because of the vibrations. I think they, because they, they definitely go right through your body. You know, when you go to hear a band and you hear that, the drummer hitting that kick drum pedal and the bass drum, boom, it goes right through your stomach, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't the vibrations go through your body and, you know, recalibrate things? 
It's like chiropractic without the cracking. <laughs> oh, well, I uh, I slept a disc when I lived in Florida, and I had oh. uh, I had been recovering from a ruptured colon, so yeah. I was on pretty much uh, very sick for quite a while. And uh, when I was released to go back to work, I had picked up a 60 pound bag of concrete and moved it oh. off of my toolbox. I, I actually felt the area, it's like I felt the disc pop out of place. And uh, it took uh, almost three months of me doing stretching exercises and stuff but in order to uh, to try to get it to, to where the pain would subside. And I uh, did the whole did the whole thing to, to try to get my back back in shape. And when I felt good enough to sit on my drum set and play, that was the relief I felt more than anything. So I definitely understand the, the relationship between uh, rhythm and healing because it does it does have healing powers. There's something about it when you get in the zone and I do all kinds of different drumming, both, you know, with the church band and it's different than what I do with people because it's really easy beats and rhythms because all of these people have never touched a drum before and they're kind of mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm not a musician. Like, you don't have to be. Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. And I'll teach you a few easy ways to play, which, which is also different than when I do something known as prophetic drumming or drum healing. And that's drumming for someone. So I might come up with uh, some beats. Uh, I'll use mallets on the drum kit back there. And I'll just, I, and I did a video on, on YouTube. This is how drummers pray. And I just think about somebody who needs healing and I'll just start drumming. And it always comes mm. out sounding very Native American. I don't know why, but it's very strong. <laughs> that's so what they like, used to pray with. Drums. The warrior woman beat, you know, it comes out yeah. and there's that. Now, the fact that God put uh, drums and cymbals in, in the Word of God tells you that it's an important thing. Music mm -hmm. is an important thing uh, that, you know, God created for us to have the joy I, of you know, being I able to play my music. mind, Brian, when people say that drums don't belong in church, and one, yeah. one gentleman told me, there's no drums in heaven. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll have to wait to find out then, won't we? Because yeah, I'll just go to the scripture and kick the dust off of my feet, and never darken their doorstep again, because they're a false, they're a false teaching church. Only harps? They only have harps yeah. up there? Come on. <laughs> so, you know, I, I tell people, God would not have given me the gift of rhythm for nothing. Right. You know? It obviously, it's a total fluke because I'm a late bloomer, no lessons. I didn't even have you know, any drums at home when I auditioned for the church band. So obviously he knew what he was doing and mm -hmm. everything was connected. And you can't see that until you look back. If the worship pastor at that church didn't give me a shot and let me audition and say, see you Sunday. And he had enough faith and let's give, let's give her a shot. Mm -hmm. If he didn't say yes, I never probably would have played. I would have given up. And then to go from that to the accident, to the, I mean, it's all connected now. I can wow. see it. But at the time, it seemed like, oh, my gosh, why is this happening to me? You know, you only see the bad stuff. Yeah. Well, when you're, uh, when you're down and very depressed, and it's hard not to dwell on the bad stuff. So it, it's always good to say, like, there's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel here. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just do the best I can to lift people's spirits. And if I can, leave, if I can just make them laugh, then that's fine. I did my job. But I hope to provide 
hope, healing, and you know, a little bit of mentoring along the way, just to let them know that um, better days are ahead. So, when you auditioned for the church, did you actually audition playing the kit? And... No, I, I would. Oh, they had this percussion setup. It was a percussion kit with a lot of conga drums, like in a semicircle, bongos. They had some kind of African drums, chimes, shakers, maracas. I was like a kid in a candy store. I didn't know wow. what to hit first. So I just prayed, God, just let the beats and rhythms that were in my head since I was a little girl, let them come out of my hands at the right time so I don't make a complete fool of myself. And, you know, they're asking me, oh, do, you, do you want the music story? I'm like, I don't need no stinking music. <laughs> I, gonna, I wouldn't know what to do with it anyway. So I was just waiting for, you know, okay, the song's kicking in and there's the beat. I'm good. And they had no idea. I just hear the beat and I, I jump in. That's great. <laughs> I got better. I'm sure I wasn't very good at the, that first audition, but I did get better. I was good enough to, you know, to to go along and and carry a, carry myself for a while. And the more I played, the better I got, and the faster I was able to play. And I could add in different fancy bits and things like that. But you know, and also the more you play, the better you feel. So uh, keep drumming, folks. <laughs> it sounds like. You know, we've got a lot of domestic violence and abuse survivors, obviously, on our listening. And you think that the the drum therapy would help survivors as well? Oh, definitely. Um, I've worked with all different populations from women in a homeless shelter to at-risk youth. And there are a lot of sad stories there. And again, I don't even have to say anything. If, you know, I like to encourage them and, and things like that, but sometimes we can just drum and release. And um, I always would pick out a theme song, especially when I was going to the homeless shelter for each group I worked with. And one got uh, Cindy Lauper's True Colors because mm. I wanted them to know, you know, uh, that, that I said this just seemed to fit with the group. Well, sure enough, we're drumming and these ladies were releasing and they had the best rhythm and people were crying. And because it was just like, I don't, it just felt so good. I told him this is a form of self-care. And right now I can, I was hired actually as a business coach to have an MBA, you know? And I, the first few days we were doing, you know, branding, social media strategies, job seeking tips, LinkedIn. And the last class, it was for stress relief because they needed it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a really beautiful thing to have them just release, just know it's going to be okay. Just keep drumming and keep, uh, you know, staying connected to God and in whatever situation they're in, know that that's not, God didn't plan that, you know, so you will rise up and you will rise above this. And one day you will make your mess, your message, and you will help others. Amen. Guaranteed. You might not see it right Amen. now, but there's somebody out there that's going to need to hear your story and to hear how you survived and how you got out of that situation. Question that's probably, uh, sorry, Diana, I'm taking over your podcast. Um, how long did it take you to be able to tell your story without crying? Oh, that's a great question. That's a very good tip, too. I made the mistake of going out too soon. I wasn't ready, but I desperately wanted to help people. And what happened was I'd be telling my story and I would start to cry. 
So you have to get to the point where you can tell your story without your voice, you know, like getting that catch in your throat and without completely bawling because then it's really not helping anybody. And then they'll feel sorry for you or they'll freak mm -hmm. out. They won't know what to do. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would get to the point where I would, I was trying to help people realize that there's a lot of people like me who seem fine and they seem really strong because we're faking it. And so I wanted them to know the warning signs. But whenever I got to that part of the story of what I almost did, I would start to lose it because I would, I just felt so bad. <laughs> but now I, you know, it's been years and I've told my story probably a thousand times and I don't have a problem at all. And I don't, I don't get all choked up or anything like that. And it comes out differently every time. There's certain elements that are the same mm -hmm. and you just get used to uh, it's it's my testimony, really. So that's the easiest way to lead somebody to Christ is to share your story. You don't have to hit them over the head with the Bible or whatever. You just say, look, I was here. And because of Christ and the Holy Spirit, I am now here. So thanks to God, you know, I'm, I'm no longer struggling and I'm a totally different person than I was a few years ago. And people will even told me I, I look different. Mm. They said, you just look so fancy right now. And, uh, so in other words, I must have looked really awful then. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, a book, right? Yes, two, in fact. I wrote uh, one in 2015, I believe. It was called Find Your Divine Rhythm, A Creative's Success Formula. Mm. I knew I wasn't going to be working with the bands anymore because I was moving on to the next stage of my life. All of my businesses have had next stage in them because that's what it means. And so I wanted to put as many tips and tricks and business tips for creatives, musicians, and entrepreneurs. It's like a business blueprint in a book. It's got my story. It's got a bit of my ADHD research and all that. And then during COVID, I wrote uh, Rise Up and Rock, Activating Your God-Given Purpose. And that one's you know more generic. It's got some tips in it and things for anybody who might want to start a business or a ministry or do something with their creative endeavors. But it it's more about finding out not only who you are, but whose you are. You need to get in touch with your identity so that you mm -hmm. can figure out what you want to be when you grow up and what you're going to do in the next stage of your life. I was meeting a lot of teens and women who were revealing that they felt completely lost. Like, you know, COVID hit and they were like, I, I don't, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Or just some women that, you know, they're, they're in a different phase of life. And they're like, well, I used to do this, but either, you know, I got divorced or widowed or whatever. And, and now what? So I had a lot of now what? So I tried to come up with a book that would give people encouragement and hope. I put in a lot of success stories about uh, women who, like me, rose up against all odds and created something cool. There's a couple of stories in there from teens that I've worked with because it's not just, you know, for older people. I want teens to know that age doesn't matter, you know. If, if mm. you've got a great idea or you've got a great skill or talent, you can do something with that. Ask me how many kids I put on stage who actually made money wow. <laughs> when they were teens. So, you know, it can be done. But yeah, I just don't want anybody to give up and give up hope. This has been super fun to have you today, Dory. Um, let the listeners know how they can book you for some drum therapy. 
Sure. Yeah, you can definitely reach out and email me at Dory, D-O-R-I, at nextstagedrumming.com. You can hop on over to my website, nextstagedrumming.com, and I've got a, a little freebie there that might help you. It's uh, how to beat stress in five minutes or less. It's a, a little video with some easy exercises, and that'll also get you onto my very encouraging newsletter list. I, I you know, pop out a newsletter every couple of weeks with, with just tips and encouragement and things. And yeah, there's also a way to set up a free call if you wanted to talk about what's going on with you and you can ask me any questions you like, uh, anything about drum therapy that you need to know or anything um, you know that you're concerned with, just definitely give me a shout. <laughs> well, I'm gonna dig out the two Jembies buried in this room somewhere and there you go. and give it a try. Get in touch with your divine rhythm. There we go. <laughs> any closing thoughts there, Brian, before we finish yeah, up here? This was definitely uh, very cool. I didn't expect it to get me this involved, but <laughs> been dealing with a lot of uh, stress and, and health issues for the last two years. And Yeah, that stress hangs around too long in anybody's body, really. It really wreaks havoc with your adrenal glands and your cortisol levels and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to you know, not be in fight or flight mode all the time because you're always like, but you know, drumming, man, yeah. I'm telling you, nice and calm. You can do, you can do fast beats, you can do calm beats, whatever you need for that particular day. You know, it all depends on how I'm feeling, is how I play. <laughs> well, for thanks so much for for coming on today. Thanks for inviting me, guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, I, I'm really thankful and blessed that I was able to, you know, share a few things about uh, drum therapy and and how you should always rise up and rock what you got <laughs> all right Bye. definitely keep in touch and god Bye. bless you sister thank you for listening to the wounds of the faithful podcast if this episode has been helpful to you please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend you can connect with us at dswministries.org where you'll find our blog along with our facebook twitter and our youtube channel links Hope to see you next week.